sight. Caterpillar to a butterfly. It's green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. Hey, welcome back to Green and Growing. You are listening to 95.5 WSB. Really happy to be alongside you here. The second hour of the show is when we do Celebrity Gardener. And guess who I found in the hallway on a Saturday morning? I'm still curious about why. <laughs> Mark Aram in studio with me. Hey, good morning. Good morning, Ashley. I was actually wandering the halls trying to find what celebrity you were going to be on your show today. And it turns out it's you me. You so. are giving yourself your own autograph. I'm honored. I do hear that it's valuable, though. <laughs> <laughs> Not yet. So we pass each other in the hall. We're both wearing masks, doing the thing on a Saturday morning. Yep. So I wanted to pull you in here because we did this game a few months back. Mm -hmm. Had a good time with it. It was fun. So does Alex Williams know this food is something that you do on your show? And I think that's how this idea was born. What do you do to our fellow traffic reporter, Alex Williams? So the Mark Aram Show, which you can hear Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. right here on WSB Radio. Alex Williams is a great guy in the traffic team, but he's he's uh, food ignorant. <laughs> Outside so. of wings and burgers, he cereal. doesn't know what's he going on. He knows cereal. Yeah. yeah. So I'll ask him if he knows a food like, uh, do you know what a radish is? Or <laughs> do you know what uh, baklava is? And when in doubt, he doesn't know the food. So that's where this... Your game came from, does Alex Williams know this food? So it's, does Mark Aram know this plant? Correct. We'll come up with a better name. <laughs> but this is the second installment of this, okay? Yes. So I have created a list of plant names. They might be real. They might not be real. I want to know what you think. Because really all you know is fescue. That's and week by week, <laughs> I'm teaching you something new every morning in the traffic center. I think I taught you hydrangea last week, so you're getting it. I still don't know how to spell it, but I know of it. See, there yes. you go. And you and Maya are growing one of my baby tomato Tomatoes. plants. Tomatoes. Oh, my so God. You know that. There's and a bunch of them. It's very exciting? exciting. It is exciting. So without further ado, let's start. Tell me about a toothache plant. Toothache plant, real or fake? <clears throat> got to be fake, right? I mean, a toothache plant? It is real. Really? I don't know the scientific name. Not even necessary, yeah, but sure. that's how everybody knows it. It's known for the ability to fight oral infections, and it's also called oh. an eyeball plant. Oh. It's kind of cool. It's like a little round flower, and it's yellow, and the eyeball part looks red on top. So back in the frontier days, pre-dentist, you would yeah. chew on the toothache, toothache plant. plant. And, all right. Why fair not? enough. Uh, trumpet vine. Real or not? Trumpet. Uh, hmm. If it was a Trump vine, I would say it's <laughs> fake, but I'm going to say trumpet vine is real. It absolutely is. Okay. Folks very much enjoy that. Sometimes it grows wild. Fake news. Fake news. <laughs> All right. How about a balloon flower? I'm going to go real. It is. Really? It's a perennial. Do you know what that means? That means it's a perennial. <laughs> That's it comes right. in like every year? Yes. Okay. Yes. An annual only lives one year, oh. but a perennial comes back every year. And when the flower petals are closed, it's bulbous, kind of like a balloon. Okay. And then opens up. Aww, it can be blue, adorable. it can be purple. Yeah. 99 luft balloons go by. <laughs> <laughs> All right, this next one. Assassin bug. <laughs> uh, the assassin bug. We used to have, uh, oh, yeah, real. It is real. Is it really? Yeah, it has one fang. That it Ugh. uses to stab other insects. Ugh. Yeah, that's terrible. I hate bugs. It really happens. Breda. Well, just <laughs> Breda. <laughs> no need to be afraid of bugs. So a few Saturdays ago, 
I was met in the hallway by this really evil roach, and DeMarco was answering phones, and he said, man, that guy just stood there like with his arms crossed, just daring us to go by. I hate and bugs. this morning, Ugh. I almost tripped up the stairs because a dead roach was in the stairwell. Oh, my God. <laughs> exterminator, please. But that means, I guess that means the exterminator is doing his job, right, if they're dead. Well, the one in the hallway the, well, was, it was not, not dead. A, yeah, yeah, a few sorry. Saturdays ago, I was, sorry. I was upset about well, that. Well, I've got to get the hell out of here. <laughs> <laughs> All right, up next, a full house flower. Is that real or not? I want to say fake because of the show Full House, and you might just be, but I th- I'm going to go reverse psychology and say that's real. It is not real. Oh, it's fake? And I picked it because of you playing poker from time to oh, time. Oh, full- I was thinking so, a TV show I, Full House. I wanted you to think <laughs> along the lines of poker, but it is not real. Okay. Show me not. Is that a real flower? All right. I'm going to, I'm going to speak this. I'm going to show you my work in my okay. head. So the show me state is Missouri. So a show me not is probably the state flower or plant of Missouri. So it's real. That's good logic, but no. No. And a lot of people are thinking, forget me nots. Those are real. Yeah, yeah. Forget me nots are real. Show me nots, not real. It's it's not the really good logic, state flower though. of Missouri. I don't think so. I don't not. know what is. Right. Who knows? All right. Um, what about naked lady? Risque on green and growing here. Um jeez. I'm going real. It is. All it's right. a lily. Oh, like mm-hmm. an arum lily. It is a lily, nice. yes, named after you. <laughs> All right, uh, last one. How about a red-hot poker? <laughs> Fake. That is real. Really? Yep. It's a tall, just like what you would picture it to look like, red flower, and it attracts hummingbirds. I love hummingbirds. They're great, aren't they? Do they, you all have a hummingbird feeder? No, but every one of my neighbors does. So oh, well, then you they're all getting fat. Them. All the hummingbirds are getting really, really fat in my neighborhood. They need it right now. Make <laughs> sure your neighbors are uh, cleaning the feeders. Clean those feeders. because yeah, some black mildew will make those guys really sick. Yeah. All right, so here's two. This is not whether or not it's a real flower, but this is kind of a new one that I okay. wanted to do with you. Oh, um, this plant sounds like a food. Okay. So you're very familiar with food. I am indeed. So I want to see if, and these are the only two I could think of. So if anybody else can think of a plant name that sounds like food, message it to me or send it to me on the Green and Growing Facebook page and Mark and I will be back to do these. Croton. Croton? What is like that? a crouton? Yes, right. right? Yeah. Croton is a colorful tropical plant with like thick leathery leaves and it's known in Florida, but it makes a good house plant in Georgia. Who knew? So I went to school in upstate New York on the Hudson River, and just down the river, there is a town called Croton on the Hudson. Ah, I wonder if it is because of the plant. Maybe. Yeah. And it sounds like crouton. So you're along my line of thinking. That's that's scary. Okay, what about pothos? I don't know. What food is that? Sounds like pot roast. Oh. Doesn't it kind of? <laughs> Touche. <laughs> it does. It does. So that's a, um, that's a house plant that Jared Yamamoto successfully grows. How about the egg and cheese biscuit rose? <laughs> oh, we need to we need to investigate that for sure. Well, hey, thanks for uh, stopping by and stalking my future celebrity gardeners. My pleasure, buddy. Uh, I'll in. see you Monday morning, bright and early. All right, and we'll teach you something new. Green and growing with Ashley Frasca. Heard on 95.5 <laughs> WSB. Thanks, Mark. See you, buddy. See ya. All right, now, how about more of your calls? 404-872-0750. Good morning to Stan in Sweetwater. How are you out there, Stan? Good morning, Ashley. Pleasure to talk to you. You too. How can I help? Well, I heard your uh, previous caller talking about aphids, and I just wanted to give your listeners one of the best tips I've ever gotten. And I had aphids earlier this year on knockout roses and all over my tomatoes, and I used a homemade mix of just baking soda, olive oil, and dishwashing detergent in a little half-gallon hand pump-up sprayer 
and it completely eliminated the aphids. No more aphids, no more honeydew, no more ants, no more city mold. It's gone. And it's the best tip that I have ever gotten. And I've been a landscape manager for over 30 years, and I've used spectricide and seven and everything else you can imagine. Wow. This this little homemade remedy, I guarantee you 100% it will work. Yes. This I promise the listeners. And something like a, a dish detergent like you're talking about, that's a surfactant, so it removes oils from the surface of the leaves as well, though. You know, it's a degreaser, so you got to be careful what you apply it to. But as far as like a waxy coating, like the outer layer on a lot of insects, using something like that suffocates them. So now how did you do it? Did you say you put it in a spray bottle? Yes, I mixed it up in a gallon jug. The mix rate that I gave is for a gallon. And I have a little small hand sprayer, a little pump-up sprayer, holds a half a gallon, real convenient, easy to use. And I just put put it in there, shake it up as I use it, and it will stay mixed, and it will totally eliminate the aphids completely. All right, give give me your recipe one more time for folks maybe like, oh, I want to write that down. Okay, the recipe is one tablespoon of baking soda, one half of a teaspoon of any mild detergent, and two and a half tablespoons of olive oil to one gallon of water. And as you said, the olive oil is going to um, uh, coat the surface. The the, uh, the um, dishwasher detergent, as you said, is the surfactant. And you used and, so little, so that's good. You didn't use a large amount at all. No, no, good. Uh, no. All right. No. Well, Stan's home ingredients for a uh, a good insecticide. You could certainly try it and let me know too how it works. I love that, Stan. Thank you so much for the call. It is that time where we got to step out and check traffic and weather, and we'll be back with the top three things you can do in the landscape this weekend. You're listening to Ashley Frasca on Green and Growing here on WSB. There's your weather update, how to plan for the weekend. Thank you. That's sponsored by Finley Roofing. So how many of those plant names did you know or did you know were incorrect? Were you listening with Mark Aram just a little bit ago? Maybe I made some too easy. I don't know. But quizzes and checking people's garden knowledge in that way is just a good way for me to kind of learn and have fun with learning as well. So I think at 830 when I talk to Pike Nursery, I want to do something fun with Kara when we talk to her about houseplants, uh, I kind of another quiz, and we can test ourselves together. If you will humor me for a little bit, if you're still sticking around for 8.30. But now, right now, it's time to do this. Green, Green and Growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. If you have the time, you're definitely going to appreciate yourself come the cooler weather. If you start seeds now for some of your favorite cool season crops, broccoli, cabbage, turnips, maybe that's not one of your favorites, spinach, lettuce, just to name a few. Best to use store-bought potting mix then and start the seeds in containers, flats, or trays. Place the seeds in a partially shaded spot, keep them watered, and you'll have seedlings ready to transplant by September. Number two, if, you, if you've seen a color of crepe myrtle that you absolutely love somewhere, ask someone if you can take a cutting. Now would be a good time to propagate that. When you take the cutting, leave three to four nodes per cutting. Leave several leaves on there. Leave leaves. I, I hate saying that. Uh, rooting hormone 
hormone you don't have to have it. You just really need a well-drained rooting medium. Stick it in there, put it in a shaded spot, cover it with a plastic bag, and the cuttings should have roots in three to four weeks. And in honor of houseplants coming up in the next hour, here's one. If you've given your houseplants a summer vacation outdoors, they've got a lot of new growth. And if you look at the drainage hole of the pot, you might find roots dangling out of that drainage hole. So that means your plant's just becoming too large for that pot. So repot it. Move it to a larger container. Use fresh potting soil. Don't use soil from the garden. That soil structure just isn't the same. But that'll give plants plenty of time to acclimate to their new housing before the cool weather arrives and you have to move everything indoors. All right, we're having a blast and that is going to continue here on Green and Growing. Appreciate you listening. More of your calls. So many ways to listen. You're streaming us live on your computer, wsbradio.com, on your WSB Radio app, on your smartphone. Maybe you're sitting in the kitchen listening to the radio or listening to the radio in your car. And also when you listen to the podcast, listen to the show later on, that's available on the on-demand section of wsbradio.com or on Spotify or Google Play. But I'll see you. We'll be right back here on 95.5 WSB. with Ashley Frasca. Plants, flowers, trees, and stuff. Brought to you by Pike Nurseries. On 95.5 WSB. It's green and growing a little bit after 7.30. Welcome back to the show. A lot of good calls, and I want to get right to them. 404-872-0750 is the number, and I want you to be part of the show. And then guess what? When you make it, your call makes it on the air. You can... Go back and listen to yourself on the internet and share it and be like, hey, I was on the radio this morning. I do that every day. 404-872-0750. Hey, Pat incoming. Good morning. Welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you, Ashley? I'm really good. How are you? I'm doing good. Um, my question is about daylilies. Mm-hmm. You know, they they stopped blooming two or three weeks ago, and now they're looking all ragged and tattered and brown and a little green. Can I cut those back or do I need to leave them and let them all die down or what? I would just cut back the part that's spent, like the foliage that may be brown or the long, tall stems, you know, where you don't have any buds anymore. But leave the green leaves on there because that feeds energy back to the bulb. Well, that's a lot of picking out. (laughs) I know. I know. Mine are all, all the blades are brown at the bottom. And of course, that's the part you see that's overlapping the driveway and the walk. And it just looks so ugly. But they just pull out really easy if you just get a handful of the of the dead leaves. But um, every five years, you know, it's recommended that we divide them. Have you ever done that, too? No, it's been nine years since I put them out. I moved here nine years ago. So I, they, they're so beautiful when they bloom. They're bigger than a, almost as big as a dinner plate, the blooms are. Wow. And they're red. And I, I hate to even touch them because I don't want them to die. <laughs> yeah, no, then leave well enough alone. Absolutely. But but if anybody does need to divide them, I mean, I've got to do, do irises for sure. But daylilies, that's a job for late summer. Once everything's definitely finished blooming, dig up the entire plant, just place it on a tarp or in the driveway or something. And you've got to have those really sharp shears to be able to cut apart the clumps. 
And then just use... So you can just cut the, the tubular things. It won't kill them. No, no, it won't. And then uh, use scissors to trim back the foliage at that point, you know, before you replant them. But yeah, for now, I know it's unsightly, but but they do need the energy that's coming from the greenery. So I'd leave that. But amazing. I love that you've had them nine years and they're still going strong. They're such a good perennial. Right. My gosh, it's set it and forget it, isn't it? I know. Everybody wants some of them, but, you know, I just can't give them because I'm afraid I'll kill them. <laughs> That's right. Well, I mean, there is some good advice online, just very easy to divide them. It's just all about doing it at the right time and not stressing them out. So late summer, once you know they're finished and you're not interrupting any cycles or anything. So maybe give it a try to one and see how it works. You may be surprised how resilient they are. Well, thank you. Uh, I good. have one other question. Sure. Can Can you handle Yeah. Zinnias. When can you take the seed pods to save them to plant next year? Gosh, I did that about three years ago, and I haven't done it since. I kind of want to think about now, or maybe it was a little later, like maybe more. Well, they're brown. They're brown now. All the petals have fallen off, and the seed pods that are still there, but they're brown. Yeah. So I can go ahead and cut those off now and yeah, go let ahead them dry. And, yeah, go ahead and do that. And what I did with them, um, I laid them out on the counter for maybe a day or so, but I had cats back then, and I was afraid the cats were going to bat them all over the place. But I just put them in an envelope and clipped the envelope once they were dried out completely uh, clipped the envelope to the side of the fridge and just labeled it and remembered that I had them and man I I had a killer crop the next year as well so those take to seed really really well I know I had a, a couple of baggies full that my daughter had given me and I just I didn't know what they looked like I just took them out there and strode them yeah that came up beautiful. Oh, I mean, zinnias are gorgeous. What, tall was it all so the different varieties too? Because you know you've the got the seeds for the small vari- ones, right? Okay. So some of them are so shaggy looking, and then others are just plain little flowers, you know. But yeah. they're, they're all different kinds in there. So well, I appreciate it, Ashley. Yeah, so good Enjoy to hear your from show. you, Pat. Thank you very much. Keep in touch for sure. Four zero four eight seven two zero seven fifty. Up next is Rita calling from Sonoy. Hey, good morning, Rita. Good morning. Hey, so you've got a question about moss. You want to keep it or get rid of it? I want to get rid of it. It (laughs) is everywhere. Right. It's even on, it's growing up the trees. Wow, so you've got a lot of shade, I can already tell, don't you? Yes. All right, so there are chemical controls, but we actually want to make the environment a little less inviting before we just run to the big box store or the nursery and get a chemical. So, Rita, a little bit, I would take an observation of the area. I mean, how much, like, on the ground would you say? Is it a maybe something as large as 10 by 10 spot or just around the trees? Where are you seeing it? I'm seeing it on the ground and going up the trees in the, uh, uh, not flowers, uh, Mondo grass, I've got a good bit of it planted, and it's growing in it and smothering it out. Wow. Okay, well, here's the thing. Your moss is really happy because it's getting shade. It's getting clay soil, so it really likes that tighter, compacted soil, and it's staying wet. It's getting a lot of moisture because of all that shade. It never dries out, so it's just thriving. And those are the conditions that you want to get rid of because it just loves all of that. So I know that's really hard. If you've got a lot of trees, I'm telling you, you've got shade. It's like, well, how do I not have shade? Getting trees cut down and limbed up is, I know, expensive. But that's one of the things you've got to do. Um, When you go the chemical route, you don't want to use something with glyphosate, you know, because that's going to affect the grass and the mondo grass and everything around it. Iron, something with iron in it, that sets moss back a little bit. But it's just Uh short-term. It's short-term. The moss is always going to continue to thrive as long as it has those three things, the shade, the compacted soil, 
and a lot of moisture. So um, you either kind of learn to live with it or shovel it up as like a piece of sod and give it away or toss it away, but maybe aerate that uh, that part of the yard, you know, when, when yeah. the time comes and try to break up that compacted soil a little bit since you don't have as much control over the shade. And then, you know, one will come in place with the other once you take care of the soil. Then you can start looking at the moisture it retains as well. And then removing some of the shade will help with the with the moisture. So it's kind of a process, Rita. But if you use a product, something with iron, kind of let me know how it works out. But you may be spitting in the wind with that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Thank you very much. Oh, good to hear from you. Thank you so much. And I'm so sorry because, I mean, there's, there's the school of thoughts, too, that are like, I'm going to embrace it. I'm going to love it. And I know it's disappointing, too, when it just starts getting everywhere you don't want it. Good morning, Temple, calling from Rockdale County. How are you? Good morning, Ashley. I have a problem with my hemlocks. I'm, I'm in love with hemlocks. Mm-hmm. I love the little cones and to use at Christmas time, and I think the graceful limbs on the tree are just unequaled. And over the years, around a pasture, I have planted 30 or 40 small hemlocks. I would get them in the mountains growing maybe three inches and put them in a rotted out log until they got bigger. And then I have planted them around a meadow. Wow. And now they've all got the woolly adelgid and Mm -hmm. I'm really worried about them. Um, I injected or had somebody inject them about three years ago, but they've got all this stuff on them right now. And I wondered if it was too late in the season to try to inject them or get somebody to inject around the roots again. I would definitely have a certified arborist come out and look at that. We had an arborist on the show maybe three months back, and he did speak about this, the HWA, the hemlock, woolly adelgid, um, really being a problem. And for those of you who don't know, do you have, Temple, do you have eastern hemlocks or the Canadian? Probably eastern, right? I guess they're eastern. I just pulled the small seedlings from the from the woods, from the forest. Okay. So, yeah, I mean, hemlock trees are foundation species of forest, really. And what you're looking at with the HWA, the hemlock woolly adelgid, is the underside of the needle. And then at the base, that's where they live. And they create that white woolly substance around themselves to protect themselves. And so, yeah, I mean, that has swept out forests in the New England area, in the Northeast. So well, I've got I think good... even in the Appalachian Mountains, too, yeah. uh, North Carolina, they're decimated. Oh. But I've, tr- I've worked so hard on these, and I said, as I said, I'm in love with hemlocks, so I really want to do what I can to save them. But... Yes, and it's amazing. It's great that you've already had them injected and treated. So have you um, had much interaction, too, with the uh, Extension Service in Rockdale County there? no. Okay, that may be a place to start or um, just finding an arborist. And I always forget that website. I think it's georgiaarborist.org. Yes, spell out georgiaarborist.org, and that way you can locate someone in your area to come and take a look at it. Because I know they're on top of it. That's definitely something in their industry that they're on top of right now. I would go that route because, honestly, timing-wise, I'm not sure of the life cycle of HWA, so I just don't know when the most effective time is to be doing that. But you are on the right track, and I'm so glad you're keeping an eye out, too. If you stay on the line, Temple, too, I want to send you a great publication from the Harvard Forest. They do a lot of research about hemlocks and all of that, and they've got some great stuff. A lot of it you may already know, but some of it's just very helpful. And there's also a video there, too, where the guy's kind of walking through and showing us HWA and all of that. So stay on the line. Do you have an email address you'll be able to give us? 
Yes. Okay, great. That's that's what I'll do. And follow up with me and let me know, because you are the first call that I've received this year about that. And I'm so proud of you. I mean, it sounds like you've put a lot of time into that. So I, I want you to keep <laughs> us up to date. Yeah, if they're able to do another injection now or if maybe there's another route. So yeah, let me put you back on hold. And good luck. Keep in touch with me, okay? Thank you so much, oh, Ashley. Thank you, Temple. That sounds amazing, too. So hemlocks, you got to look out for that. And there's also another non-native pest elongate hemlock scale so those beautiful conifers and evergreens they are subject to pests just as anything else is but you've got to stay on top of it that's why you spend a lot of time outside and look at the world around you make those observations and we can get on something ahead of time before it becomes a problem stay tuned you're listening to 95.5 wsb The update on your weekend weather is sponsored by Finley Roofing, and we've had some good calls, and we have more to come in the last hour of the show, 404-872-0750. Plus, I want to throw back to one of my first shows, one of the first shows of Green and Growing back in February. I did a piece about houseplants and how exciting the environment was at Pike Nursery. Spoke to a lot of Pike Nursery customers, what piqued their interest about houseplants. That is coming up at 8 o'clock, and then, of course, at 8.30, we have the Pike's Pit. But now we want to do this. Green green and growing. Ashley Frasca's top three things to do this weekend. All right, we've gone over these, but for those of you who are maybe just tuning in, three simple things to be doing this time of year. Crepe myrtle can be easily propagated from cuttings now. Bet you didn't know that. Leave three to four nodes per cutting and several of the leaves. And then a rooting hormone is generally not necessary, but you can. Place cuttings in a well-drained rooting medium and then in a shaded area. Keep them moist by enclosing them in a clear plastic bag. So if you have the cutting up in soil in a cup or something, just place the plastic bag up over the top and then cutting should root within three to four weeks. Number two, start seeds now. You've got a lot of fall crop options. Broccoli, cabbage, cauliflower, collards, kale, turnips, radishes, spinach, lettuce, and beets just to name a few. It's best to use a store-bought potting mix to start those seeds in containers, flats, or trays. Just remember, if you're using some of those uh, items from last season, you want to make sure they are clean. Place the seeds in a partially shaded spot and then keep them watered. You'll have seedlings ready to transplant by September. And number three, water figs deeply now as they begin to ripen and harvest every morning before the birds can do any of their damage. I would love to hear what some of you do with figs. I have a friend who has a great fig tree now in the front yard. They just recently bought this house maybe a year ago. They haven't harvested any. They haven't cooked with any of them. But uh, I loved Fig Newtons as a kid, but I can I can honestly say I don't think I've ever just had a fig by itself. So some of you message me on the Facebook page. You can find me Green and Growing WSB. Send me some ideas because I'm hoping to get some figs from Frenchie and from my friend Dan, and we'll see what we can do with them. All right, coming up to the top of the hour, we're going to take a break and check news, weather, and traffic, and then we'll be back. You're listening to Green and Growing here on 95.5 WSB. Oh. 
For the ones who know safety isn't a catchphrase, it's a culture. And the ones who help make sure everyone makes it home safe. For the safety-minded who watch everyone's backs, Granger offers supplies and solutions for every industry, as well as safety assessments and training to keep your facilities safe and your people safer. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.